passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, everybody. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting. Yes, and if you're listening to this expecting Rewind to SmackDown, I've got <laughs> terrible news for you. Uh, it's not going to be on this feed, but we're bringing you some of the highlights from tonight's Rewind to SmackDown. We have made some big changes here at Post Wrestling to reflect the new landscape of professional wrestling on a weekly basis. So many of you may be familiar with the addition of Rewind to Dynamite, which is our new free show on Wednesdays. So we have made the decision that we are committing to our goal of two Patreon shows per week. And that means Rewind to SmackDown is going to be exclusive to members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. So we appreciate anyone's support. The entire show is now up at postwrestlingcafe.com, where if you choose to support us at any level, you will have access to rewind to SmackDown, but we did want to give at least uh, some highlights from the show, mainly discussing the Cain Velasquez introduction on Friday's episode on Fox. Yeah, and then right after that, we'll uh, throw in a bit of our news discussion. And John and I spent some time on the show, this whole, whole two-hour podcast, breaking down some of the uh, AEW numbers that we, we received on uh, Thursday in a bit more detail than we were able to get to on uh, the Cafe Hangout. So check that out right now. The show ended with... The confrontation by Cain Velasquez, uh, we had Brock Lesnar just maul Kofi Kingston, which we will get to later on. But Brock Lesnar wins the title in nine seconds. Rey Mysterio's music plays and out comes Rey Mysterio, and he's brought some muscle. Brock Lesnar's UFC 121 opponent from nine years ago. Cain Velasquez walks out and enters the ring, double leg takedown, beats down on Brock, and Brock... When it's time to sell, he is ready to retreat and just cower away. The big bully on Monday has now met his match, and Cain Velasquez stands strong, and they go off with a pretty pretty big newsworthy item to come off of the show. My first question to you, how did you feel the angle came off um, just w- without the ramifications, just as a pure angle for you? I thought it was perfect. I I loved that this was Cain Velasquez. The UFC fighter and not the one that we've seen lately with the Lucha mask doing any sort of Horikanranas. They were presenting the same Cain Velasquez that TKO'd Brock Lesnar for the UFC Heavyweight Championship in one round. So um, he came across to me like a very big deal. I have to wonder, you know, how much crossover appeal he might have with somebody who might not be a UFC fan. You know, is Cain Velasquez a big enough name? that elicits enough interest from somebody who's never seen a UFC fight. I also feel, though, even if you're not a UFC fan, I think the backstory that exists, that's, uh, you know, Cain Velasquez having a legitimate win in MMA over Brock Lesnar, the person who took the belt off of Brock Lesnar, I think that's more than enough. 
to to elicit interest in a even a, a non UFC fan. Now, Cain Velasquez is not the greatest talker in the world, but I've also heard him in situations, especially, you know, in like sit down environments talking about pro wrestling. And he comes across as a much more engaged speaker than I remember the guy I would interview sometimes in an MMA context. But there is the great the greatest promo possible is Cain Velasquez staring at Brock Lesnar and telling him. Don't even pretend that you don't think of me every single day when you wake up in the morning and you look into the mirror and you see me. You see the effects right under your eye. Absolutely. He's got yeah. the scar. He's got that scar from Kane. And that to me is it's it's something like it's never brought up like this this scar that he has, but that is from the fight in 2010. That's great. You know, just simply like the even like the mental scarring, I think you can make light of. I mean, Ooh. if it's not Kane delivering that promo, I feel like we've seen when it really matters to the WWE, they will make every effort to make sure that that story is told. Obviously, Paul Heyman will be all over the storyline. And I think you could bet that they will make sure that Kane's personality comes through in some way. All right, so let's let's go through the details that we are aware of. Now, he did do an interview uh, with Mark Ramondi that ESPN just put up at 10.20 p.m. Eastern time. So I guess Kane uh, spoke to him before this. And in in this piece with Mark, he it's categorized that they are in advanced talks, but that Velasquez has not officially signed yet. But, I mean, way unlike UFC and what they did last year when Brock Lesnar stormed the octagon to confront Daniel Cormier and shoot an angle without a deal in place... Uh, I can buy that maybe uh, Penn has not reached paper yet, but to me, there's no way WWE is shooting this angle without the it, the clear understanding that Cain Velasquez is doing this match. I don't think so either. You know, um, obviously... On, on this kind of a stage for them and to tease this, like WWE is not teasing something of this level if there's any chance it's not happening, in my opinion. Yeah, it makes you wonder exactly how far they are with negotiations. I mean, I would assume pretty damn close if they spent their main event on probably the biggest TV show they've had in many years on uh, promoting this guy. So I, I would have to think maybe some type of handshake agreement might be in place. I, I, I would believe it would probably be an ine inevitability. Uh, I, I know it's been discussed about him and Brock Lesnar for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia at the end of this month. I do not have that confirmed, but certainly you would be led to believe. Like, Brock Lesnar is advertised for that show, to wrestle on that show, and what else can you see him doing on this show? I mean, he to me is not a – he is not like your typical guy that you could just – you know, you could suggest like, oh, maybe they could do a tag program. Like Brock is not the character you book with a makeshift tag partner. Like there's no one that would make sense that I don't think they would go that route. Um, and that's where I would imagine this happening. I don't see this being held off till WrestleMania. I see them going to it right away, presuming there is no um, hurdle in the middle of all this. And that hurdle being the UFC, like we do not know what is this guy's status with the UFC with mixed martial arts is the UFC uh, fully aware of all of this. Uh, have they signed off on this? Um, does his contract allow him to do this? Because he did do an interview in the summer also with Mark Ramondi stating he can do WWE. But um, that to me is like a, a, 
a big question in all of this is that he has an existing contract with the UFC. Are they okay with this guy walking onto their former broadcast partner in Fox and shooting this angle and potentially doing a match? I believe uh, in Ramundi's article, he sits, he states that, you know, he, uh, Kane said he's not officially retired from the UFC, but pro wrestling is likely to be his focus right now. So whatever that means. Right. But, um, I feel like his foreseeable future is in professional wrestling and obviously probably with the WWE. Uh, and I believe he also mentioned in a, either in the tweet or in this article itself that the UFC was aware of this appearance. So I, I have to imagine with a deal this big on a broadcaster this big on a show this important, I'm sure everybody probably signed off or or at least gave their blessings. You would have to imagine. Like, I, I could not imagine a, a scenario where the UFC was somehow blindsided by this. Like, that just, to me, doesn't really I don't think add they, up. I don't think WWE's taking that risk. No, no, I don't think so either. Uh, he, this is where he, what he says in the, uh, the Ramondi interview tonight. This is definitely my focus, referring to pro wrestling. My family is into it. They love it. They're super excited. I haven't seen them excited over something like this in a while. It's cool. So, I mean, yeah. it, that, I mean, you can certainly read into that. Like, here's a guy. He is now 36 years old. He's, he's had one fight since UFC 200 back in July of 2016. And that was the loss to Francis Ngannou earlier this year. He lost in 26 seconds. He's had a lot of... You know, injuries that have oh, – he's 37 years old now. Um, you know, mm -hmm. this may be – and you have seen, like, this guy has fallen in love with professional wrestling. And also yeah. to note, like, this guy, he can't, he wanted to get into this to be a lucha star. Like, he was adamant about the mask and the moves. That is not who WWE is booking here. They were booking MMA fighter Cain Velasquez. Like, no mask. Uh, I don't expect him to be doing lucha spots with Brock Lesnar. I can eventually, you know, once they sneak it in. I mean, they're, I don't expect them to just have a shoot-style MMA fight in a pro wrestling ring. I think that'll be the big holy shit moment that, that'll really get the audience, you know, at a time when they probably least expect it. Because they are promoting this guy as just a, a UFC fighter. Um, you know, beyond, like, I think him legitimately probably falling in love with pro wrestling, and I truly believe that he has... Otherwise, I don't think he'd be as good as he is already this fast. I mean, it's also a way to prolong his career and to make the most money that he can. I mean, look at the playbook that we've seen of Brock, of Ronda, uh, people who find second lives when they, you know, I mean, let's face it, like being 37 and trying to fight at the very top of a real sport in MMA is really difficult. But transitioning the career over to professional wrestling, especially at a time like this when WWE can more than afford a big program like him, and, and Brock Lesnar, um, you know, ensures that he at least has several years uh, up top making a great deal of money. Yeah, and I think you brought it up that I think a key in all of this is Paul Heyman, who has been obviously hands-on with, with Brock Lesnar, with Ronda Rousey, with Bill Goldberg, and I would only assume the same with Cain Velasquez as well. So I think he's a big key in all of this as well. And Cain is coming in at a time when... Uh, Paul's got more power than he's had in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, so let's say, for instance, like, it's it's obviously Heyman, I believe, will probably stick with Brock. But do you have somebody be a mouthpiece for Kane? Is it Ray? It was positioned tonight as being Ray. And at some point, like, Ray has to be weaved into this as well because he's the one with the issue that Kane is fighting on behalf of. So Ray has to be involved in this in some form or fashion and potentially Dominic as well.
Last news item. Do you have any kind of final thoughts? Like we went through the Wednesday night ratings uh, right as we got them on the Hangout on Thursday. Uh, from reaction you've heard from people, or just your own thoughts on Wednesday night? Because I, I think it's a really interesting story when you look into the 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 demographic breakdowns and kind of yeah. what this what this reveals. Yeah, really. You know, I think on on the outside you look at that NXT number and. You know, it only dropping maybe 11% from the week before, but I think the bigger story is um, the difference in in demographics uh, in, in uh, 18 to 49 between AEW and NXT and how NXT had, what, a third or double? What was it? What were those numbers? Half. Half. Yeah, it, was, it was half. They had half of, of what a, uh, AEW had. And, uh, con- you know, also the, the, the 50 plus number, I mean, to me, the end result really feeling like this was factual indicators that WWE has attracted an aging demographic, whereas AEW, at least for their first show, has been able to attract a young audience that that isn't watching these other shows. So I think, you know, this experiment of like WWE trying to counter their their uh, uh, rival or, or up- upcoming rival has really kind of backfired. And if anything, it's kind of been shown that they are sort of an older product some of the things i found really interesting uh when i was going through the numbers today um and you know this was pointed out obviously but in that 18 to 49 demo like AEW did a monstrous number in comparison to nxt but in all of these demos like it's not like nxt lost people from last week they were identical from last week in 18 to 49 and you go through them I mean, there were, you know, they were even in uh, people 18 to 34. They were actually uh, up 15%. Uh, females 12 to 34. NXT was up 42% from last week. The one demo where NXT was really down in, the only notable one they were significantly down in, was over 50. They were down 25%. And that was the lone demo where they just squeezed out AEW. So, I, I really wonder if uh, perhaps like the wild card game kind of mm-hmm. affected the over 50 viewership and maybe they're going to get a, a bounce back next week. But what is, how valuable is the over 50 audience in this in this battle between these two? Like this tells me there is a there's a much younger audience that's watching AEW and it's not a huge amount that you're taking away from the existing NXT viewership like AEW is taking off a small amount of the NXT audience, but it's much larger of a fan base. They're either bringing back to wrestling or they've created. And that to me is something that you don't just come up with a a game plan for next week that we're going to uh, put triple H on TV. And suddenly this is all going to reverse. It's like they have built something here. And I think that AEW has a pretty solid foundation that I, I don't know if NXT necessarily does one or two little tricks to try and chip away at. Yeah, and I wonder what those tricks would even be um, that that would kind of, like, be able to attract a younger demographic. Clearly, like, you know, I, I think a lot of the characters that are on NXT are, I would say, very kind of youth-friendly. But, like, clearly it's become not just, you know, an issue of characters or, um, I don't know, even, like, style of wrestling that, that, that has made the difference. So what do you think it is? You know, is it something like being the elite? Is it, um, 
I, who knows what else? Are people just, you know, kind of tired of WWE and they want to try this other wrestling that has a different set of initials on it? It's, and how pe- how many people are just they they kind of look at AEW as kind of this this like mission statement like this like they're very much in, invested in these guys and what their story is what they're trying to do and it's and, yeah. and that's it's maybe it's appealing to a more broader um, fan base out there and and also a younger fan base as well that they've been able to bring here but I mean, how how do you react if you are NXT like are you if if you're assessing these numbers and you've had 24 to 48 hours to process it and you're sitting down and weigh what are we doing wrong or yeah. are we staying the course till we see a a more of a pattern emerge rather than being super reactionary after week 1 i think so i think you know first week numbers you can definitely you know expect to be a bit more skewed but this was a the wide margin that i don't think they even expected i don't think anybody really expected so, you know, I'm sure like they're they're coming up with game plans, but I think none of those game plans should really be concrete until maybe after next week's numbers come out as well. I feel like NXT, you know, to me, uh, you mentioned like, you know, these these relatable stories of like the AEW crew and the elite and how that could possibly be, I think, you know, something that that's made the difference for them. To me, I think NXT's best bet in terms of like, you know, characters or or people that like the audience just absolutely loves and wants to support no matter what to me they, they, that's johnny gargano and tommaso Ciampa. so you know i feel eventually when you get back to the those stories i think those guys might be the key but that's just my opinion um maybe AEW's just that big of a juggernaut but again this is also just the first week and we really you know say say that much after one week yeah, I, I think that if you're NXT, I don't think you have to – like, I think long-term, it would be very detrimental if they made enormous changes to NXT because the last thing you want is for this program to bleed into Raw and SmackDown because I promise you, if that happens, they will erode the foundation you have. Mm-hmm. And that is something you don't want to ultimately uh, cost yourself. Like, that to me is the attraction of – watching two more hours of WWE produced television, it better be different because I've got more than enough between the five hours that bookend the week now. And I can see them going to the well when it comes to this week, Roman Reigns is showing up on NXT. I can see that being like the first go-to is guest, guest appearances. The second one is obviously would hate that. That's my opinion. That's what that to me is just, that's in their playbook. And like to me, the most fascinating reaction to all of this is we know how Vince McMahon reacts to these situations, but this is Paul Levesque's problem. And how does Paul Levesque handle this right now? Because yeah. you know he's been a, in a position where he his company, it's NXT, has been very insulated. It's not like we get week to week numbers of NXT on the network. Now yeah. it's all out there. And mm-hmm. does he fall into the trap that he was very much a product of of that Monday Night War? where it's an ego thing that we got embarrassed and now we've got to win the week instead of looking at this long term. Like publicly, he's saying all the right things. Is he actually going to implement that? And after four or five weeks of this, what's he going to be saying? What is he going to be looking at? Is he going to be perceiving himself that I'm failing at this? I need to make enormous changes. So I think seeing Paul Levesque in this leadership position, how he handles this is going to be very fascinating if this is a trend with AEW winning. And 
I don't see next week being any different than this week. I think AEW is going to get enormous publicity out of this win as the mm-hmm. hot new cable show. And I think that they're going to come very close. I think that they're going to maintain their audience. And if they're higher next week, it's not going to shock me because there's going to be a lot of mainstream outlets that are writing about this show that has sort of come out of nowhere for people that don't follow wrestling that what is this thing? And look at the numbers that they just did on TNT. I think there's going to be a lot of coverage of them. That is true. That is true. Now, you know, I would say most of the people that you and I spoke to that watch the show would agree that the, the NXT that they presented on Wednesday was a better in-ring show than what, what AEW presented on on Wednesday. Does that play? Does that matter at all? You think, you know, do you think that there are people that sampled AEW and said, you know what, this is not for me. I prefer what I see on the other channel. It's a factor. And it's, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of people that came away with AEW enjoying it but not thinking it was a home run and i and i'd agree with that is that enough that that's going to not bring people back next week it's certainly a question to ask but i think overall if you were asking me which which show would you rather be presenting um i I think that nxt could take a lot from AEW, where it felt like the the bigger show quote unquote and I, i don't know if just putting out killer matches for two straight hours is is going to attract more people than than what they've got at the moment. Like you're servicing an existing fan base, are you going outside of that and bringing people in? I mean, that's and the other observation as well is that that was that was an enormous outing from NXT whereas mm-hmm. AEW, I mean, it's not like they threw everything including the kitchen sink on Wednesday and NXT cannot come back with a show like that whereas AEW, I think they can largely maintain like what they put out this past week. It was not like this blow away, throw everything out there kind of show. It was not, but I mean, let's also you know not neglect the the idea of the curiosity on that first for that first episode that will yep. dissipate. So I think you know the 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 onus is certainly on AEW now that they know that they have all this audience that's that's watching and caring about what they're doing. Now it's the, the onus is on them to impress and make sure that those people stick around. To me, that's the challenge now. Not just stick around, but to increase that, 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 that number going forward. So if you enjoyed just a preview of Rewind to SmackDown, we're going to send you over to postwrestlingcafe.com. Sign up at any level. You get the entire two-hour show with a thorough rundown of SmackDown. Plus, we're going through all the other news items that we're going down Uh Details on 205 Live not being taped on Friday night, uh, Jeff Hardy's recent arrest, lots more, and tons, tons of feedback. And this is where you can find Rewind to SmackDown every single Friday night up at postwrestlingcafe.com. Way. In addition to that, of course, you get Rewind Away bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You get our Marvel Cinematic Universe reviews every single month, Ask Away every single month, live access to the Cafe Hangout. Uh, you get... <sighs> Basically, uh, everything except, you know, our, our hands. You get everything. <laughs> you get everything we have. We shove it all in there for $6 a month. Uh, chance to win a t-shirt, which I still have yet to, to remember to give out this week. So we'll probably give it out maybe on Sunday unless I forget again. So, or you want to give a, out one right now, John, on this? Yes. Feed? Yes. Wow. Let us give away uh, our shirt <laughs> to our lucky winner. Uh, if someone is listening to the free feed. Uh, anyone who signs up for the post wrestling cafe, you are automatically entered in a draw each and every week to win a post wrestling 
piece of merchandise from store.postwrestling.com. Way is going to select a name, and the winner of this highly coveted Post Wrestling t-shirt is... Congratulations, too, if you're listening to this. Hopefully you are. Uh, actually, you probably won't be listening to this because you're already a patron and you've listened to the full show, but I will message you anyway, and I will inform the world that you... Kenny Dodd from Glasgow, Scotland, have won yourself a post-wrestling combo pack consisting of a t-shirt, stickers, and all that stuff. So look at the great day Kenny Dodd has been having. Gets a shirt, gets an edition of Rewind a Smackdown, probably going to get uh, 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 Rewind away on, on Tuesday. Wonder. Discussing the Royal Rumble 1994. Yes, so... Anyway, we have a lot of fun on the Patreon. If you choose to support us, you get all these shows. Otherwise, keep listening to this. We'll be back on a Sunday night for, uh, what is it? Uh, Hell in- uh, John will be back tomorrow night for a UFC review. And then Sunday night, John and I will be back for a Hell in a Cell pay- review. So go check out Post Wrestling Cafe. Tons of shows. Tons of extra content. Access to the Cafe Hangout every week. You get everything. The only thing you don't is you don't get these hands. <laughs>